Hello, welcome to Chris Track by Track, I'm your host Dan, and today we're going to be talking about Expand from Expectation, and neither of those words have an E at the start. Recorded autumn 2001 to December 2001 at Paisley Park, released on the 1st of January 2003. On the track it is Prince, John Blackwell, Rhonda Smith and Candy Dolfer. Vanessa May is credited, but she is not present. Uh, the song is 6 minutes 15, and joining me to talk about today is Russell Irig. Hello, Russell. Hello. In terms of like a genre, we're, we're obviously we're in you know uh, a jazz instrumental, but I, I think that this, this song to me sounds less jazzy than some of the other stuff on here. Mm. Like there is still, I, mean, I guess maybe it's because the kind of the distorted guitar that opens the song makes it sound more of like a rock song to me. Um, although there is quite a prominent horn line that kind of recurs throughout, um, and that kind of main riff that you get at the start, that kind of descending riff that kind of is the main backbone of the song, you know, that kind of uh, the bass and the drums, the keyboard kind of play for a, a little bit. It, it still has a kind of the jazz structure of like the main kind of riff, and then people kind of improvise and then kind of go back to the main riff. But it's still, it sounds more like a kind of rock kind of instrumental to me than like a purely jazz instrument. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think you've got like a little bit of maybe like Stockholm Syndrome for this album or something because (laughs) yeah, like I listened to just this song first and was like, oh man, what is this? Like not knowing what I was getting into. And then I decided to give myself a little context and listen to the track before and after it just to kind of place it. And so understanding if i knew that going in like i could see how you'd be like this doesn't sound quite as jazzy but if that is the only thing you listen to like right off the bat no this is like straight up like oh this is an instrumental jazz song like very strongly but i do get what your point i mean the 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 distorted guitar like i i actually noted that too when i was listening to it and it did stick out more to me after listening to the other tracks kind of knowing what they sounded like but when i first listened to it i literally knew nothing when i clicked play so i was not sure what i was going to be listening to so it was a bit of a like oh 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 okay we're doing this now i see okay (laughs) All right. <laughs> uh, I think Exogenius it has more of a, a firm structure to it in terms of like you know thinking about it from like a jazz point of view, like there there is a kind of firmer structure. Oh no! And Exosphere is more kind of transitional. Oh, it's kind of just like there's no real form to it. It's just kind of an instrument does a bit and then another instrument does something. So this, in contrast to those two songs, it it just to me it feels very kind of particularly the guitar. I mean. Um, you know, like there's there's kind of um, you know wah wah effects and stuff like that on other tracks, but not as not as much as on this track. Like this track really has kind of like a level of distortion that isn't kind of on some of the other songs on on this particular album. Um, so like you say, yeah, that probably is where I'm hearing this <laughs> sounding more rock like because uh, John Blackwell is such a kind of uh, you know such a kind of talented drummer, um, and in this song we do get a couple of points where you, you have. You know, not he doesn't get like a full solo at any point, but there are little drum things that he does um, that kind of are the more kind of jazzier elements. Like I feel like as a basis for the track, the, the, once the drums come in, they're a lot more complicated than you would get in any kind of like rock instrumental. Um, and that that kind of is the thing that kind of makes it feel more jazzy, I would say, than than rock. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, and it, like I mean, particularly when you have saxophone solos. Um, like the first kind of minute and a half is just the song kind of building on this this one repeated kind of motif over and over, mm-hmm. um, and then you know there's a kind of there's a, a little bit of a focus on the saxophone, 
um, and then kind of the guitars and drums come in a bit and, and the saxophone kind of drops out. And by the time you get two minutes in, you've basically kind of had the same riff over and over. And then you kind of immediately then get like, you know, this roughly a minute long of this saxophone solo. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's been other tracks on this album where it, people have had solos, but whenever they get a solo, it is only ever half as long as any guitar solo that Prince gets. <laughs> um, but so Prince, Prince is like generous letting people have solos, but... On a lot of other tracks, he's getting twice as much of the spotlight. Uh, but on this track, this is really kind of like Candy Dolphin's song. Like, she's very prominent on this. You know, the saxophone solo, like I said, lasts roughly about a minute just before kind of you get a bit of work on the drums and then, you know, we kind of transition towards a guitar solo. Um, but even once the guitar solo gets going, and that does last about kind of 40, 45 seconds, you then start to get some interaction with, like, the saxophone um, and then about four minutes into the song, we get a slightly different riff to the, the kind of the main motif that they've been playing. And then we start to get like, a, um, I don't know if it's a keyboard, um, but towards the end, there's kind of like this weird kind of distorted sound that it could be because this is credited on a couple of tracks. It could be a synthesized saxophone because Candy Dolpha, um in the early 90s, one of the things that she would do is she would play like effectively a saxophone shaped keyboard synthesizer okay um i love this idea which was it was it operated in the same way as a saxophone in that you would blow into it and that would create the noise okay and then you had keys in the same place as you would on a saxophone but the sound that was produced was effectively a synthesizer and it was it was it was producing a saxophone like sound it's it's this it's is, really really weird this I is the, i mean i know this is the year 2001 that they're recording this right is that correct but yeah the things yeah. you were describing sound like the most 80s like, <laughs> this is the most, like <laughs> if you could make the most like 80s instrument possible to me it is a it is a synthesizer in the shape of a saxophone <laughs> They, do you know they were a thing they were a thing when i was a kid i mean i play i've said this on other episodes but i i played saxophone when i was at school i've still got my saxophone somewhere around my my property yeah um probably in his case uh, because some of the springs you know they went a long time ago it's it's almost a 30 year old saxophone at this point um but when i was younger i remember seeing i don't even remember the band but i remember seeing someone play one of these things on like top of the pops and being like what is that instrument like right. it looks like a saxophone but it's it, you know you could see they had like a little battery pack and it was clearly linked to something and i was like oh well what is that instrument and candy dolpha herself was known for playing that instrument so when we get this kind of weird kind of saxophony sounding keyboard solo like i don't know if that is actually you know candy dolpha playing this weird electronic saxophone thing or if it's just prints on a keyboard with that particular mm. noise on but you know, we get that, and then we get the saxophone kind of coming against that, like playing, you know, playing a different line against that, um, and then we get some wonderful honking. There's a lot of honking towards the end of this song. Sure is um, from Candy <laughs> Dolphin. Yeah, she. Uh, it's. I mean, to me, it sounds like she's on a tenor, and she's you know honking away, um, which is something that you do by if you're playing the saxophone, you kind of loosen your embouchure and you allow the reed to kind of be a little freer. And you kind of blow, like kind of overblow, so it's re really hard against the reed, and it kind of creates this honking mm -hmm. noise. Um, which, if, I mean, you can kind of control it, but it's very hard to kind of get a, a kind of good sound out of it. But it sounds wonderful the way Candy is doing it. You know, she's clearly doing it for a certain effect. 
Um, and it sounds wonderful. Towards the end of the song, we have like, you know, for the last kind of minute, we have a lot of this kind of, a lot of the instruments are in. You can hear the guitar, you know, the drums are, you know, John Blackwell's going to look crazy on them drums. And then you also have this kind of saxophone honking against this kind of distorted keyboard sound. And then towards the end of the song, just the last kind of 20 seconds, you get a very quick kind of outro as the band just kind of finishes up and then just stops. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of over. Um, but, you know, I, for a song that's like six minutes, I would say that, you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't it doesn't ever feel to me like it drags. Um, you know, like the introduction kind of takes a while to build, but I feel that's just Prince wanting to kind of give a little bit of a showcase to some of the instruments. And also, you know, you want to establish what the main kind of theme is going to be. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think the solos are quite interesting. The guitar solo, you know, particularly when it starts interacting with the saxophone. You know, and then towards the end, like I said, that kind of weird kind of keyboardy noise, like it, it never the song is never kind of boring. Like there's always something going on. And I, I feel like, you know, it's a nice little showcase for this this kind of band. Yeah, um, I think that's know, a, I, I think that's fair. I, I would say that I'll go ahead and reveal that this is definitely not like my favorite uh, print song <laughs> or even my favorite type of song. Uh, but. I, I, I maybe it was like the second time I listened to it that I was actually surprised it was over, which is it, it is not something I expected to say for a six minute song. You know, I was like, I, yeah. I remember looking at it and going, oh, six minutes. Yikes. And uh, then it was over. So I was like, oh, well, that was quicker than I expected. So I, I guess it kept me humming along for the ride even if it was not necessarily a ride i would probably normally choose to take <laughs> yeah I, th I think that's been the, the the story with all of these tracks though i don't i don't feel like anyone who's been a guest would have picked to have like kind of listened to to this album and i think yeah. that's the like the weirdest the weirdest thing about this album is it was literally like prince didn't tell anyone like when it was released on you know new year's day 2003 it was just like it was just uploaded to the MPG Music Club, mm -hmm. and that was it. Like, here's a new album, and with the previous like three or four albums, Prince had spent so long building them up and building them up and building, releasing singles and you know doing interviews and promoting them, and like he'd put so much build into all the previous albums that basically he just dropped this album out of nowhere and was just like, here you go, here's a brand new album. <laughs> and it kind of it kind of surprised people because they were like, oh, what is this? And then, of course, you know, they started listening to it and they were like, what, what is on earth this? is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is this? Yeah. So, Which is funny <laughs> now that you said I didn't know that. So that makes the title actually even funnier that it's called Expectation when there was like zero expectation for this album. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was the literally the Spanish Inquisition of Prince albums. Nobody <laughs> expected it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, it's, I don't know I, I, I find it kind of it's interesting because I mean it's probably one of the least listened to albums that I've got by Prince like if I've listened to this whole album through maybe twice in full um, yeah. you know like maybe that's one time too many like I, the amount of times I've listened to the whole th like I've listened to individual songs you know when I've been listening to Prince but it's rare that I will just be like oh I'm going to stick this whole album on um, you know so it, like over the over the kind of certain, I mean, I've only had it a couple of years as well because of you know obviously Prince, um, he he like he, he did basically he never kind of made a physical copy of this album available, so you could only ever get it on digital form, and then for years it wasn't available, and then when it was on Tidal, then like people could obviously kind of get a hold of it. So it's only been for the last few years I've been able to listen to the album, but yeah, it's just kind of one of those albums where you listen to it and you're like. In some ways, I'm like, I wish Prince had done more of this, like more of just like, OK, here's, you know, he was obviously legendary for recording tons of songs 
it would have been nice if every now and again he'd have just been like, oh, here's a whole album and not told anyone about it and just kind of kind of did that once a year, you know, like have an, have an album he's going to promote, but then just on the side, just be like, oh, here's another album. I've just done it. Just listen to it. Well, it's you know? it's like, also it's obvious when you listen to something like this, like, well, this is clearly what he really wanted to do. Like, you know, at least that this was absolutely 100% his vision uncompromised because there's absolutely no nobody else in the world who would pressure him to do this <laughs> yeah that is it like it it like as well this is this is the time period where prince he doesn't have a label he doesn't have anyone distributing his music yeah he's literally just sticking it on the internet when he feels like it so yeah it is it is like his completely unfiltered view of like oh this is an album that his fans will will want and obviously a lot of them were like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> like, which I think is pity because I think the kind of shock of what it is kind of sometimes overshadows, you know, the musicianship. You know, like, yeah. it's not like anyone on here is is kind of, you know, messing about with like kind of trying to do jazz. Like right. John Blackwell is, is, a, is a talented drummer. You know, Rhonda Smith, you know, the bass isn't really that prominent in this song, but it's still there. And it, it kind of, you know, it's it's part of the rhythm section that keeps this song moving along. You know, Candy Dolfer is a is a you know super talented sax saxophonist. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to play a saxophone certainly when I was younger. You know, like and Prince. You know, um, you know he's a gifted musician. So I think the kind of shock of it sometimes overwhelms the fact that this is still you know a, a really good band. Just kind of uh, not that, but when Prince did vocals, he didn't want people in the recording booth, so he would pretty much always record his vocals solo. So any song where he's singing, you know that he's singing by himself, but the rest of the band might have recorded together. Mm -hmm. Whereas because Prince isn't singing on these tracks, it feels a lot more like oh well, Prince is in the studio with the rest of the band, mm -hmm. and you can kind of there are some points in this song where you kind of feel like maybe Prince is like stop for one second, let's do something different, like. You, you can't you can't like you know you can't hear him giving direction but mm -hmm. you can sometimes feel in some of these songs there's a little bit of kind of like band leader yeah. stuff going on where he's kind of directing people and you know how suddenly people start doing a second different riff out of nowhere and it's like clearly prince is just like you know pointing at them and, and wanting them to do something and that, and kind of you know the fact that in this song he gives the spotlight over to candy dolfo so much in the song it's about half this song that is saxophone solo so, you know, I, I, that's what I kind of like about it as well. So, I mean, for me, I would say uh, it's probably one of the strongest songs on the album. Um, you know, so I would say four out of five for this. Um, I think the only thing that ever, you know, kind of stops me from giving five to any of the songs on expectation is the fact that, um, like, even though some of the, the kind of the different melodies are quite catchy, I find myself struggling sometimes to recall exactly what they were. And I think that kind of forgetfulness kind of stops them from being a five. Mm. But, you know, I enjoy listening to this song quite a bit. So I would say four for me. Hmm. I definitely am not going to be that generous. <laughs> um, I was I was originally, well, when I first listened to it, my, my thought was like, what? I was like, what? How would I, when you put like, uh, what's the genre of it? My first thought was, it sounds to me like a song that would be playing while I'm buying sensible shoes with my mom for school or something like just it's like it sounds like something that's playing in a shoe store to me right the first time I listened to it. Then I listened to it some more and I realized there's some weirder stuff happening that probably would not make it into the shoe store. Um, so I have a little more respect for it. I probably would have given it a two, just gut instinct for me, but I'm gonna, I'll give it a three because I think your point about musicianship is probably right, and I'm just 
too stupid to probably realize it. <laughs> or I just don't have the ear for it. Like, when people tell me, like, oh, this person's a really good musician, I'm usually like, okay. Like, I, I don't know. I mean... I'm sure I could tell on some level that, but yeah, it's, it's definitely just not my taste. So that's what's mostly forming. This is, is just taste over, over anything else over being a really yeah. informed opinion. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it wasn't most people's taste when it was released. Like I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure most people for the MPG music club were like expecting, you know, some kind of hidden gems from the eighties or something. Or, <laughs> And, you know, Prince just basically had gone in and recorded an entire brand new album of jazz. Um, well, I you know, will say, which... too, I actually, I probably, like I said, I listened to the track before it and then this. And I was like, actually, I probably like this one more after I listened to it. So probably the, <laughs> the distorted guitar um, made me like it. And it actually it reminded me of um, another kind of weird instrumental album and on some level. Um, which I probably do like more, but the Beastie Boys album, the In Sound from the Way Out. Have you ever listened to that? I haven't. I haven't heard that. now. Okay, it was. Uh, it came out probably a few years before this. I think it was like '96 or something. Um, but it has a very kind of like '70s funky kind of jazzy vein to it. But uh, it's 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 a little more winky. It's a little less sincere probably than this. You know, like so. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah. it, it makes that go down a little smoother. This is, is a little harder for me to, to, to just take fully. I mean, Prince didn't perform this song live, but uh, he did, uh, like, uh, like more than a decade later, um, record an album with uh, Judith Hill. And he reused the horn line from this, the kind of the first mm. half, uh, you know, the riff from the first half, as part of the track As Trains Go By, which is the opening track from the album. Um, back in time um, interestingly enough um, you know Prince said that uh, you know he, he'd recorded the album in roughly two or three weeks and said it was the fastest that he'd ever made an album mm. um, you know so I don't know if you take that as a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> but yeah it doesn't always uh, equal good yeah <laughs> yeah so but uh, yeah so he, he got a co-writing credit on it and I'm assuming it's the only track on that album that has you know a, a co-writing credit although the rest of the album was recorded at Paisley Park so uh, I'm sure Prince had some kind of influence going on there, um, you know, and that track itself was performed a little bit in uh, 2015. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of almost the, I think maybe the penultimate album that Prince produced for a protege, um, the final one being the Andy Allo album, uh, Weekend Love, which I think came out the same year. That was probably the last album that Prince produced for somebody else. Um, so, you know, but I, I mean... Yeah, I like. I don't know. I I think I think this whole album is kind of you know both interesting and strange, and you know at times it makes me wish that there were more Prince albums after this point that kind of went down that route. But you know this is kind of the probably, you know even though he's got like another twelve or thirteen albums after this, this is probably the last time that he did something this kind of weird and experimental. Apart from the next album, which was recorded all in one day and is also a jazz instrumental album. <laughs> so. Um, you know, but I i mean, you know, I'll talk about that more when I get to it. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Expand. Um, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Russell? Sure. Uh, you can listen to my podcast, Art Palace, uh, from the Cincinnati Art Museum. Uh, you can follow me on uh, 
Twitter and uh, Instagram at Russell Eirig. And I actually just started a new Instagram account just for my drawings. That's Irig Illustration. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter for Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure we would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Russell. Sure. And otherwise, goodbye.